In the 1989 movie, Dead Poets Society, one of the early scenes shows Robin Williams playing teacher Mr. Keating, standing with his group of 20 or so boys in a formal um, young men's school. Uh, They're all standing around him in jackets and ties, and uh, he is addressing them. Uh, And he invites one of them to read the ancient Robert Herrick poem, or the first verse of it, which reads, Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. And Williams, a.k.a. Keating, uh, talks to these young men and says, You know that uh, life is limited. There is an end to it. Therefore, he introduces the Latin phrase carpe diem. And one of the young men translates that and says, seize the day. And so Williams encourages all of these young men to seize the day, to make the most of their opportunities, to make their lives outstanding. That sentiment echoes what Paul says here in the passage that Evelyn just read from Ephesians 5. Make the most of the time, because the days are evil, we read. Carpe diem. There are three sections in this passage, verses 15, 16, verse 17, and then 18 to 21, and each of them provides both a negative and a positive injunction for us to consider. The whole theme of the passage begins back in the middle of chapter 4, where Paul urges us to put away our former way of life, be renewed in the spirit of our minds. He says, clothe yourselves with a new self according to the likeness of God with true righteousness and holiness. So in the objective of achieving that kind of a life, that kind of a godly life, he continues here in chapter 5, verse 15, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. The question is not where you live, but how you live. How do we live well in a society beset by so much that appears wrong? A couple of weekends ago, Joyce and I drove to Regina to see my family there. As we drove back from Regina to Edmonton, it was no problem knowing where to drive. The highway is clearly marked and is is evident, and we were able to follow that track with no trouble. But how to drive was the real issue, because there are other drivers on the road, there are changing weather conditions, there are all sorts of things that we need to adjust to as we're going along. We need to relate the principles of good driving to every changing situation along the road. Where we find ourselves and our circumstances are most often given. Here we are, navigating our way through the how is the bigger challenge, and a thoughtful response is required. For life around us continues to change. We think we have our direction set, and COVID hits. The climate changes. 
A new job emerges. New neighbors move in next door. A close friend moves away. We discover a new hobby. And on the list goes. We expect things to be the same. But unexpected change means that we are constantly needing to adjust how we live to respond to the context in which we find ourselves. And that living well requires reflection and wisdom. We observe our surroundings and we respond according to the likeness of God within us that guides our spirits. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. And verse 16 says, Make the most of the time, because the days are evil. Another translation says, Redeem the time. It's it's an imagery from the marketplace, where we're looking for a bargain and we find something, but bargains don't last long. If we don't grab it, somebody else will. So the advice to us is make the most of the bargains of life that you come upon and buy them up. Take those opportunities. Buy up the opportunities that are constantly created by the evil days in which we find ourselves. Something happens to somebody and we have the bargain opportunity to step up and help them or to respond in some way. And we're advised here not to be unwise, but to grab those bargains, redeem the time, make the most of the time that's available to us. Time here is not chronos or that chronological, sequential, quantitative time, but kairos, the right time, the critical or opportune moment, a sense of the appointed time in the purpose of God. Kairos, the significant time, the decisive moment, the fork in the road that makes the difference, the time for us to make a decision and to follow that decision. A kairos moment divides past from future and ushers us into a new kind of life. Kairos moments and kairos choices are our constant reality. Our days are full of kairos moments, and each choice we make reflects the wisdom of Christ in us. We're continually invited to put off the old and put on the new. It's not a pattern of continuing with our agenda, our to-do list, but an attitude of being decisive in responding to each new circumstance that God places in our path along our journey. Cumulatively, these wise choices become a lifestyle and reflect the godly character that is within us. Your Kairos moment, there may be one that comes once in a lifetime, a big choice that you need to make. Or it may be one of those opportunities that come multiple times each day. The evil days we are in are full of bargain-like opportunities. We see suffering and need and exploitation and racism and injustice, and dishonesty, and relational brokenness, and loneliness, moral bankruptcy, ignorance, tragedy, sickness, sadness. Those evils are opportunities for us 
to be salt and light, to live out a different way, to walk the walk of Christ-like character, to demonstrate being wise. It involves risk and change and stepping into new territory sometimes. That's all part of the journey. But we have agency. We are agents of our own path. We don't need to simply sit back and wring our hands. We can do something. Preston Manning, who some of you will recognize as the founder and leader of the Reform Party, as he would call it, described as his own spiritual journey when I heard him at an Ontario prayer breakfast a number of years ago. And he described his spiritual journey of, of following Christ. And then he stated his own conviction for action and in his unique accent said, you've got to do something. It's not enough for us just to hear and to understand, but we've got to do something. Buy up the opportunities that come your way. Walk wisely. If you're tempted to wonder whether the wisdom of God is really wise, consider how different our world would be if everyone adopted love God and love your neighbor as their number one and two commandments. What a wonderful, different world this would be. What you do is important. But what you are is even more important because the character is what guides your action and what you do. So verse 17 continues, Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness. And Paul points to God's will as the guideline for wisdom. So we're called to develop a mindset to develop a heart set, a lifelong direction that includes a praise-filled life directed by the Spirit. If God's Spirit is in you, your life will look something like this. From Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. The word understand here, we're to understand, is a deep kind of understanding, the kind of understanding that allows a person to piece together the facts and to draw the right conclusion. Understanding God with that sort of depth is both simple and complex. The simplest mind can comprehend that Jesus loves him or her, and come and came to save him or her and respond to that. The most brilliant mind can spend a lifetime studying scripture and God's truths without running out of things to learn. We receive God's truth at the very basic level, that leap of faith that ushers us into the presence of a faithful life with God. We're called to work at to develop understanding and to come to a mature faith. And that mature faith has both a vertical and a horizontal dimension. The vertical dimension leads us to worship God, to give God praise, to study and to understand God's will for us. 
the horizontal dimension of mature faith is our capacity to serve and to reach out to others in compassion, justice, love, and care. So our mature faith needs both that vertical and that horizontal dimension to be mature. And then in the final verses of the passage, we read, Don't get your stimulus from wine or other chemical stimulant, for there's always the danger that the substance will take over much more of your life than you intend. And that speaks of a person who has squandered opportunity or be filled by means of the Spirit. That's the only imperative in these few verses. But let the Spirit stimulate your souls, filling us with the content of the fullness of God. And then Paul adds these five participles, speaking, singing, making melody, giving thanks, and subjecting, each of those which is subordinate to being filled by the Spirit. In other words, being filled by the Spirit will prompt music, singing, speaking musically, singing, making melody, giving thanks, and subjecting to one another. Express your joy in singing among yourselves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts for the ears of God. Evelyn, this affirmation, I think, is especially for you. Live with an attitude of gratitude, even in dark times. Sometimes it seems hard at the moment, but it leads to a much more satisfying life. And the list reaches into verse 21, which we didn't read, which says, Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's part of being filled by the Spirit as well, that we have that mutual respect and regard for one another. So we're able to sing in dark times, not by some stoic denial and act of our will, but because the Christ-like spirit guiding us provides a perspective that is much higher and greater and longer than our current troubles can be. And we can endure our current troubles because we know that in God there's something greater. If this represents the, this little rock represents the troubles in our world, if I hold it close enough to my eye, everything else and all of you seems to be blotted out. But if I move it partway out or to the end of my reach or even beyond, the rock is no bigger or smaller. The troubles, the evil is still there in the world. But if we put it in the perspective of God's universe, of God's care, we can sing even though there are troubled and evil times in our world. Evan, the last time I preached, I played a little clip on my phone and you got busted by the YouTube police and we had to delete it. So I'm not going to uh, do that uh, uh, this time, um, but, but instead, I'm sorry, I have to sing. Daniel Landois is a Canadian musician uh, from Hamilton, Ontario, who has uh, produced so much great music. He was the producer for U2 and Bob Dylan and 
many other famous names that we would uh, recognize. But he also records his own wonderful music. And his recently uh, released album, Heavy Sun, has uh, as its first cut a song that seems to echo what we've read here in Ephesians 5. Uh, And let me just try to sing a verse of it just so you get the flavor of that. It's nothing, you know, there's there's this instrumental uh, that I can't really replicate. If you feel like you want to dance... Go ahead and do your dance. Dance on. Dance on. And if you feel like you want to sing, singing may be your thing. Sing on. Sing on. And if you feel like you want to shout, got something to shout about, shout on. And if you feel like you want to love, don't care what nobody say about it, love on. And if you feel like you want to teach, that's the only way you know how to reach, teach on. And whatever you do, don't let nobody steal your joy from you, dance on. I wonder, can you feel it move now? Can you feel the fire? I feel it in my soul when the spirit take control, and I feel it burning. Whatever you do, don't let nobody steal your joy from you. Dance on. Sing on. So how will you respond to the opportunities, the bargains that appear on the shelf of your journey. Live your life full of wisdom that results in active goodness, joyful praise, respectful community. Make your life extraordinary. Carpe diem.